When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 7, Personal Finance Arsenal. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Hey, Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today, I have Eric Rosenberg here with us. Eric is the author of Personal Finance Arsenal, Tools to Save Money, time and headache. He's a full-time freelance writer and his work has been published in places like the Huffington Post, Business Insider and Investopedia. Before his days as a freelance writer, Eric worked in banking before quitting his day job and taking the leap to work for himself. Welcome Eric. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. So Eric, let's dive into you a little bit. Tell us a bit about your personal life. Sure. So I live in Southern California, I but I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Denver. I was in that area for about 25 years, went to college in Colorado, uh, met my future wife in Colorado. Then we moved to Portland together for a couple of years and now live in Southern California and have a little girl, a second one on the way and two little dogs, which um, I'm having a second little girl. So it's good that the dogs are boys to help balance out the testosterone in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure otherwise you'd feel very uh, alone. <laughs> awesome. So Eric, tell me, how did you decide it was the right time to take the plunge and quit your day job to work for yourself? Sure. So I had been working for myself as a side hustle for a long time. I actually started the journey that led me this way uh I would say the biggest moment was October 2008 when I started the blog that would become Personal Profitability, which is also a podcast that's led me to writing my book and many other things. So uh, along the way, uh, the income grew and grew over time. And in 2015, I made $40,000 in revenue on the side. So you know, full-time job, then I had plus this money. I thought, well, this is, this is how much a lot of people make in a year just in their regular job. And I'm doing it in 10 to 20 hours a week. Imagine what would happen if I took this full time. Right. So that's, you know, was as a responsible new dad with a six month old at home, I quit my job, sold my house and moved somewhere more expensive. And um, it's actually worked out really well. And self-employment's been great. Fantastic. I'm really glad to hear that. So what would you say makes you the most nervous about working for yourself? And the biggest thing was, you know, there's, that mystery of how much I'm going to make next month. Going back in time, I spent about 10 years in corporate America kind of jobs in finance and accounting. And in those jobs, you always know what your next paycheck is going to be. It doesn't matter if it's a good week for the business or a bad week for the business, you're going to be paid the same no matter what. And when you work for yourself, if you have a great month, you get a great paycheck, which is amazing. But if you have a bad month, you don't get as good of a paycheck. And I was a little nervous about that in the beginning. Fantastic. So I see that you've published quite a few journals. Can you explain your pieces from the Huffington Post about your strategy for paying off your student loans? 
Sure. So that one uh, came from my own story of paying off $40,000 of student loans. It took me two years and six days after I graduated from uh, my MBA program, which I'm always a little mad I didn't get payday a week earlier because then I could say, <laughs> oh, I paid off my loans in under two years. Right. But, no, two years and six days, but I give myself a little slack and just round to two years. <laughs> um, Nothing but, wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I figure I mean, in finance, we round to the nearest million sometimes. So it's six days. <laughs> That's um, true. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I, uh, so my strategy to do this, I used a super laser focus on my debt and I lived like a college kid. I kept my budget really low. You know, I was uh, on the hot dogs and ramen diet for a while there. And I was also in my early 20s. So, you know, I could, my body could survive that kind of punishment. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd do so well on that today. But I, um, but I kept my budget low. I lived in an inexpensive apartment. I didn't live in the middle of downtown, which would have been fun, but it would have cost three, four times as much. You know, so I, I kept that budget really low. And I had you know, a grown-up job. I'd finished my MBA program and every one of those dollars that I didn't need for rent or I, I had saved an emergency fund along the way, but every dollar I didn't save, I just put right into my student loans. And that allowed me to make uh, multiple payments per month. I was paying every payday instead of just, you know, that one monthly due date. And you know, that, that gives you over a year a full extra payment because if you're paid every other week, that's 26 paydays per year instead of 24 right. um, if you just did twice a month. So that's you know, like a whole extra month of payments. So I was doing that. I was making extra payments on top of what was due. And anytime I got a bonus at work or a tax refund, any kind of lump income went straight to the debt. And all of that combined, I, it was two years and, and I was debt free. America and many other nations have got a massive student loan problem. And one of the most important things you can do is start as early as possible and just trying to pay back as much as you can just to get debt free. Um, oh, yeah. And if you don't, the effects of compounding make you pay a substantial amount more in interest. So definitely try and pay back as quickly as possible. So you also spoke about a debt snowball. What exactly is that for people that don't know? So a debt snowball is, uh, it was made famous by Dave Ramsey. He's a big money guru. Um, the way I actually like to tackle it as some people call the debt avalanche. So how that works, the debt snowball, you pay off your debts in order by size from smallest to largest. Uh, and that's because you get a psychological win of, look, I just paid something off. Whereas the debt avalanche, you pay off in order of interest rate from highest to lowest and mathematically, that's the best way to do it if you can stick to your guns and keep focused on that debt. So how it works is you you make the minimum payment on every single debt you have, whether that's a credit card or a student loan or an auto loan. Um, take all of your debts, you know, make a big spreadsheet. There's website tools you can use to uh, to rank everything. Whatever works for you, you can a pen and paper is fine. <laughs> List every single debt. And you want to pay the minimum on all of them except for that target one for whatever period you're on. If it's um, highest interest first or lowest balance first. So for me, highest interest first, you pick that one. And every extra dollar you can possibly come up with to put towards your debt that month, you do into that one. So that balance is going to fall really quickly. Well, the others will you know, fall really slowly making the minimum. But before you know it, that one's going to be paid off and you can just roll that big extra payment forward to the next one. 
and keep going and keep going. And as your payment grows, it's like a snowball. And eventually you knock that debt clean and it's gone. Fantastic. <laughs> Eric, I see that you, like myself, are a massive fan of using credit card points to your benefits. Give our listeners a bit of insight as to what cards you're currently using and why you chose these. Sure. So and you know, that's absolutely true. I've traveled all over the world, all over the country without spending more than taxes and fees. I've paid full price for a plane ticket in years. Uh, so my favorite cards right now, uh, the ones in my wallet that I use every day uh, for most purchases are my Chase Sapphire Preferred. I never went for the reserve. I thought about it, but decided to stick with the uh, the one that had a slightly lower annual fee at about $100 a year. And um, the Amex Everyday Preferred as my other go-to, uh, which that one pays a 50% bonus on all the points you earn for the entire month if you have 30 transactions or more per month. So that way I can rack up Amex points really quickly. That's kind of my everything else card. And then, uh, you know, the everyday preferred or the uh, yeah, Sapphire preferred, sorry, <laughs> for the uh, restaurants and travel purchases. And I also have the Chase Freedom, which a oh, fun trick about that. If you have a Chase Freedom and then any of the Sapphire cards, the preferred or the reserve, you know, the ones that earn ultimate reward points, you can transfer a penny per point is the uh, rate from the cash back you earn from that freedom card. So that you can earn five points per dollar you spend on rotating categories. This quarter it's Walmart. So I'm not going to do as well this quarter as I do some others. But um, between those three, I can rack up points really quickly. <laughs> I also have that freedom card. And like you said, like with Walmart, <laughs> I'm not too sure at the moment about if I'm going to use it at all. <laughs> well, at the beginning of the month, we went to the super Walmart in the next town over because uh, the, the closest one to us is not a superstore. The grocery is kind of eh. Um, but the one in Oxnard is a big, busy store. It's a lot cleaner and nicer store. So we went there and we uh, we did a little damage at the very beginning of the month and earned probably... I don't know, 600 and some points in that visit. <laughs> <laughs> it all adds up. So if people are looking to get into using credit card points, would you recommend that they open and close credit cards based on the reward system or do you just keep your cards open? What is your strategy? So I, for me, it depends on really what you want to do with your credit in the next year, in the next five years, 10 years, whatever your credit plan is. So for me, I just bought a house. So I don't have any big credit things coming up in the future. So opening and closing cards quickly isn't really going to be a big deal. You know, the longer you can keep a card open, the better. So if a card has an annual fee and I don't want to pay the fee, sometimes I'll say, hey, can you downgrade me to another card that doesn't have a fee? That lets the card live longer. That helps my credit score. Or sometimes they'll waive a fee. Sometimes they'll give you a retention bonus. But ultimately, it's not worth keeping a card with an annual fee unless you're going to get more value from the card than that fee costs you. Uh, so yeah, I do end up opening and closing cards. I've opened a lot more than I've closed. I have about 15 open right now. Um, and that's kind of an average for me. But you, you never know. For everyone else, it's always a little different. Yeah, definitely makes sense. <laughs> so what would you say is the biggest financial mistake that people make? I think the biggest money mistake is just ignoring your money. You know, there are so many people who just hope that their money will fix itself or get better, or maybe they'll win the lottery. Um, the reason that people, when they win the lottery or in the news is because it doesn't happen that often. So don't make that your retirement plan. <laughs> Actually get engaged with your money. 
you know, like sign up for an app or, uh, you know, something like mint.com. I use personal capital myself. Uh, there's lots of free tools out there. You can plug all your bank accounts to credit cards into just to track everything. So just do something to engage with your money and know where you're at and track that progress moving forward. Because if you ignore it, you don't know if you're getting better or worse. And if you know you're going the wrong way, you can do something to fix it. But if you don't know, you might be doing a lot of bad damage to your future and not know about it today. So just get in there and get in the details. I'm also personally a fan of Mint. It's got quite a nice overview. It connects with all your different accounts that you have. And it just gives you a nice overall picture. So, you know, but yeah, it's definitely a really good idea to have some sort of a way to track exactly what's going on. So, you know, at any one time where you're at financially. Eric, you've also written a book, Personal Finance Arsenal, Tools to Save Money, Time and Headache, a quick 44-page read that is a chalk full of information. What is the motivation behind this book? Yeah, so this book I wrote when uh, tools like Mint were a lot newer. I wrote this one a few years ago. Um, but I was finding there's these great tools coming out, you know, exactly like Mint. Or There's one that has come and gone called Fuel Frog that you could type in information for um, how much you're spending on gas and how often you fill up and it'll track your fuel efficiency. But there's all these tools like this all over the web that I wanted to compile in one place and show you this, this stuff is free. All you have to do is take a few minutes to sign up. You know, they'll show you ads. And if, if you sign up for those products, they offer you, you know, that's up to you. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. But, uh, you know, overall these tools can, like, like the title says, save you time, money, and headache. And, you know, why would I want to sit and do all my finances with paper and pen when I could click a few buttons and it just shows up in front of me in pretty charts. Uh, so that's what the book's all about. It's about helping you speed up the process of managing your money. So it's not so hard. Fantastic. So do you have a favorite chapter in your book? Yeah, I think my favorite chapter is probably, I'm going to have to say the first chapter, which goes into um, actually mint.com is the first thing we mentioned in the book. So, you know, that's the place where a lot of people have that aha moment where the light bulb goes off of, oh, wow, look, here is a picture of how much money I've spent at restaurants and movie theaters and gas or wherever you spend money um, in the last month. And when that light bulb goes off and, and they see that and they, they, can have that visual of their money. Uh, that's the point people usually make the biggest and most dramatic change. And I think that's just such a cool process to go through. Fantastic. So you personally, what financial move or mistake did you learn the most from? Yeah, so the biggest place that I learned a lot about money was the story we talked about already, paying off my student loans. Because I put so much of my effort and focus into it, I learned a lot about how people pay off loans the way I was writing about paying off loans. I was reading about paying off loans. I was totally immersed in all things about paying off loans and I learned so much from it. And it was great. I actually worked at a bank as well as that was my first job out of college. So I've been at that point on both sides of the table. I'd been the person, uh, you know, giving out loans. I was approving loans as, as a banker. And then I've been the person paying loans as a customer. So with those two, uh, experiences combined, I felt pretty educated in the whole loan space. Fantastic. Do you have any value adds for anyone that's looking to get a loan as to what will improve their odds? 
Yeah, so what I would do is I would look at your credit before you get to the bank. Don't have a surprise when you get there and find out you have bad credit or don't qualify for whatever type of loan you're getting. You can go to these websites. One that I like is Credit Karma. Uh, Mint actually just added your credit score. We can mention them again. Uh, but, uh, there's a few different websites out there. Quizzle's another. You can get your credit score totally free without paying any fee. You know, if you have to enter a credit card number to sign up, it's not free. That's a big red flag. Um, there's also a website from the U.S. government, annualcreditreport.com, where you can get a credit from each of the three credit bureaus at no charge. You know, and This is the law, of, you know, the government says so. So they have to give them to you once a year there. Um, so go there, check out your credit report and your credit score, and look for any errors on there you can fix, uh, things that will make your credit score go up and that way when you get to the bank and sign up you know they'll look at your credit see it's good and you can move forward eric you've really been dropping some value bombs for our listeners we're just going to take a quick break and say a big thanks to our sponsors and then we're going to dive right into the value link round chainers are you looking to make a difference in your financial life head over to chainofwealth.com and sign up for our free newsletter the newsletter will give you access to our blog updates as to when we post new content and new podcast episodes. Stay ahead of the game and learn financial tricks to help your well-being. So jumping right into the value link round, are there any books in your future? Yes, I actually have a book underway. Started it an embarrassing number months ago for how far I am into it on a plane ride. I was like, you know, I'm going to write my book. I'm going to start it right now. This is a four hour plane ride. I have a lot of time. So I started the book and I have sat in and worked more on it. Uh, but it's going to be called Personal Profitability, the same name as the, uh, the website and the podcast. And it is um, on the way. I'm not sure when it will hit the, uh, hit Amazon or wherever I decide to sell it yet. Um, but it is on the way at some point. So what books or other podcasts do you recommend to our listeners, speaking about books? <laughs> sure, yeah. So uh, one of my favorite books about personal finance, which was actually the last book I read before I started my blog all those years ago, is um, by David Bach, The Automatic Millionaire. I'm actually really excited. I'm going to see him speak in a couple of weeks at FinCon, which is a big financial blogging and media conference in Dallas this year. So I get to see him in person. That's awesome. But I loved his book. Um, it is so helpful to have that look at, you know, this is timeless advice on just setting up systems around your money just to put it to work for you and you don't even have to think about it. And there's some other gems of value in there as well. And another one I really enjoy, uh, similar topic aimed really towards the younger audience, towards millennials, you know, which I fit right in there, is uh, by Ramit Sethi. It's, I will teach you to be rich. Fantastic. Chainers, making your money work for you is such an important thing. And the earlier you start, the better. So Eric, what would you say is some of the best advice someone's ever given you? So one of the best uh, tips I got that was around my money came from my grandpa. And it wasn't actually advice per se. He gave me for, I think it was like my eighth or ninth birthday, a, an accounting general ledger notebook as a birthday present. Which, you know, of course, when I got that, I was like, oh, yay, just what any kid wants, an accounting general ledger notebook. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, my grandpa, who, who's no longer with us, he was a huge influence in teaching me about finance. But he uh, taught me, you know, track every dollar you make and every dollar you spend. And that way, you'll always know where your money is going and, you know, what your situation is, which is something we just talked about a few minutes ago. So that advice absolutely 
applies every day in my life. And, um, you know, I, I'd say my grandpa left quite a great legacy behind. He was a college professor at, at the University of Arkansas who taught marketing. So he had lots of good business lessons. Well, that you know, specific advice, I didn't start implementing it right away. It took me a few years to really start tracking my money and realize the value of that advice. But it was a it was great advice that applies every single day because you know, as we talked about a few minutes ago, if you don't know where you are with your money, you can't plot your course forward. And having good information about where you're spending your money helps you make those good decisions that you need. So that is wonderful advice that absolutely sticks with me. What would you say your favorite quote is? My favorite quote? Um, actually, I'm, I'm going to go show my nerdy side on this one. So Yoda from Star Wars once said, do or do not. There is no <laughs> try. Do it. Like, I'm, I glad, have friends I'm who, glad you're also a Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have friends who talked about starting blogs for like months and months and years and years and never started their blogs. Like sometimes you just have to do it and figure out what you're doing along the way. So don't try just do fantastic eric you've absolutely rocked the interview where can our listeners find you if they'd like to get in touch sure thank you so much yeah so um listeners my the best place to find me is at personalprofitability.com. there's a blog a podcast lots of good stuff and i have a gift just for you guys for listening if you head to personalprofitability.com slash boot camp i have a free course it's a week long doesn't cost a penny it'll show up uh, when you sign up there you get an email once a day for a week the it links to a video they're about 10 minutes long giving you lessons to get started on your path to personal profitability fantastic chainers check out that link get the value and learn how to master your finances if you enjoyed the show don't forget to subscribe rate and review catch you on the flip side When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.